Attention golfers, if you're looking to upgrade your game with a set of high-quality clubs that are blazing fast, beyond forgiving, and beautifully made, check out the all-new PXG Gen 6 Golf Clubs. Not only are they easy to hit, they deliver outstanding distance and incredible accuracy, lowering your scores and bringing you more fun on the golf course. What more could you want? Schedule your Gen 6 fitting today at pxg.com or by calling 844-PLAY-PXG. And we're back, Stripe Show Podcast. On a Tuesday, I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day. It is another week, another tournament on the PGA Tour. And we're going to take you on site this week. Another elevated event as uh, the boys roll into the Wells Fargo Championship. A great venue, Quail Hollow Golf Club. A great field. But we're missing two guys, two guys by the name of John Rahm and Scotty Scheffler. So you're telling me there's a chance for the other guys. Joining me on site from Wells Fargo, Keith Stewart. How you doing, man? Oh, man. Any better, I'd be twins. I can't wait to roll right through this. <laughs> well, I've been, I'm excited to have you on. We've been, we've been working on it. I've been following your stuff. Um, I know you've got a lot of stuff in the hopper. I know you've been in the business a long time. And, and this, uh, this gambling angle... Uh, it's something that you're, you're very passionate at and you're really good at. So I appreciate you uh, coming on the podcast and sharing some of your knowledge. Hey, for two pros to get together and talk about golf betting, <laughs> there's, there's nothing better in my mind. So, you know, at the end of the day, this is a dream come true. Well, take us there. Yeah, I know you're sitting in the media center there uh, at Quail Hollow. Uh, good field. What's the buzz? The weather uh, is looking pretty good. A chance of rain on Saturday. But as I understand... They've had quite a bit of rain up to this point, so, so the golf course is uh, going to be pretty soft, it sounds like. The golf course is soft. It's uh, almost going to play completely different than from when I was here in September for the President's Cup, which was firm and fast and much more you know, hard for the guys to try to hit their targets uh, mm -hmm. off the tee and, and around the green. So I, I think that you know everyone always makes such a big deal about length, but you can make these things 7,000 yards long, and it always seems like they're hitting 8-iron into the green. So mm -hmm. uh, at the end of the day, I, I think that um, it will help them, the fact that they had almost three inches of rain last Friday, and it's been warm in April. So the grass has been growing. All your overseeds and everything, they're all, they're all taking hold. So I think the golf course is going to play a little bit soft, but – much like we would expect in something like this that, you know, we've grown to love, right, you know, so far this year in 2023, which are these designated events where the big boys go at it. Yeah, you got you have Rom, you have Scheffler, but neither one of them are there. And we, we were talking before we came on air, and you made the statistic that those two guys have won, what, five of eight to this point? Five of eight. So we've had six designated and then we've had the players and also the masters. So those guys have taken home five of them. So I think that wow. every, everyone that's in this field. So this morning I've seen, I, I saw Xander in the press room, and then uh, we just finished up with Finau. And uh, both of them were smiling, and that's probably the case why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would have to say so. I, you know, Xander's an interesting player this week. I've kind of stayed away from Xander most of the year. I've taken a pretty hard look at him. Um, we'll get to the board here in a second, but you know, you look at this golf course, uh, you make some, some really good comments about how the course might play this week. Of course, it is going to be a little bit different of a golf course than what we saw in the president's cup. You, when I think of the president's cup, when they were there, I think of Jordan Spieth, he went five and oh, however, Spieth hasn't played in this tournament, um, in years past. So I think he's an interesting name. But this golf course, as you mentioned, there's there's some length here. The guys, when you look at the approach game, uh, you're going to get a lot of shots from 150 to 175. You're going to get a lot of shots from 175 to 200. Uh, you're going to see some long iron shots, probably more so from 200 plus. Um, the off the tee game, we know, uh, has value here. What's really interesting, when you look at the last three winners, and you, you go back to Max Homa back in 2022 and how he how he did it. Uh, he was 5.8 off the tee, positive. He was 4.3 in approach, and he was 7.6 in punting. He actually lost 2.7 around the greens. You go back to Rory in 2021, uh, he didn't gain any strokes uh, around the green. He did it with approach, positive 5.3. He did it with the putter, positive 7. You go back to 2019, Max Homa, he didn't gain any strokes 
uh, around the green. He did it with approach 4.6 and a really hot putter, which was positive 9.9. Are we just going to like say, look, short game doesn't matter uh, this week. You know, give me someone who can, you know, get it out there a little off the tee. I need a, I need a, obviously a great approach game, but I need a blazing hot putter because that's the way it's played out the last three years. Average green size, 6,500 square feet. A lot of things about this place remind me of another place down there at Magnolia Lane. And the only difference that I can see in the skill set that it takes, I mean, I think they're 16 yards apart in total length mm. on the scorecard. And here you have one less par five. So there's the impact of even more distance, right? They talk about the green mile. Forget the green mile. This course is 5.2 miles long, Travis. Mm. Mm-hmm. And don't get too caught up on Max last year, because remember, we were where it was rainy and cold at TPC Potomac or TPC Avenel Potomac or whatever they call that thing, right? Where they used to have the Kemper open and, yep. you know, totally different golf course. But if you look at the last 10 editions that were here at Quail Hollow, so you got to skip that one, skip the COVID year. We didn't have one and you skip 2017 because they were doing a renovation here and we went over to Wilmington, the one that Harmon won. You know, everyone's yep. all over Harmon. Well, that was at a different golf course. You are completely right. Everyone overlooks the fact that those 10, those last 10 winners have gained over six strokes on average on the greens and approaches like the third highest average of all the strokes gain categories. I mean, that never happens week to week. On a Tuesday, mm-hmm. you're never talking about approach coming in third place. Right. And to me, I guess Fazio did a good job with these green complexes. Three putt avoidance is is a huge statistic this week. Yep. You know. Three putt frequency is way higher than PGA Tour average. It's all it's it's like almost eighteen percent more. It's so I, I think that it's not a place where where last year you, it was maybe a no putt contest because you saw Cam Young, you saw Keegan Bradley up near the top. I think this year it's it's back to a putting contest for sure. Alongside definitely a bomber. Yeah, Homa. You know, two of the last three years um, hasn't been playing his best. Uh, coming in as we kind of transition to the board. I know probably his performance at the Masters um, was, you know, disappointing to him as that's the next step for him is to be more competitive uh, in major championships. But as we get to the board, you know, there's there's our guy, Rory. You know, he's missed two elevated events. He comes back to a place that uh, he's done quite well at (laughs) over the years. Uh, Three wins at, at this tournament. Uh, an overwhelming favorite right now as I look at DraftKings, um, plus 700. I, I, let's just start there. I mean, what do we expect from Rory as he gets into the press conference? Hopefully uh, his game's in good order, but more important than that, hopefully mentally he he's in good order uh, as well. What do you think from uh, our man Rory? Well, don't get too excited about the press conference. On today's schedule and tomorrow's, he's not there. Okay. So $3 million question. It's going to have to wait another two weeks maybe until okay. we get to the PGA in order to get answered. He's he's ducking the media, and mm. I think that if – well, you know, Travis, think about it. We always talk about horses for courses or what makes golfers comfortable. You as a coach are always, you know, trying to give us all sorts of swing thoughts that when we go out there in the field of battle, we have something with which to attack with. And, you know, Rory loves this place, what, 11 times and like nine top tens and three wins. So, you know, Quail Hollow for him – is a very comfortable place and probably the best place he could come back to. I mean, the last time he missed the cut at the Masters, he won here. So I think it's definitely – I think it's a good situation for Rory overall to definitely place. You know, you could get him at some good positive money there at top five, and I think he'll contend um, not having to answer the questions in the media room. We'll still, though, have a cloud hanging over him because if he does start to play well, he's going to get in front of him and uh, – Sometimes it's better to get those things out of the way early. And you know as well as I do, as the putter goes, so does Rory. Yeah, yeah. And and, and he's and he's he knows how to putt those greens, but good for Rory. If there's anybody that deserves a pass in the media room, it's Rory McElroy for crying out loud. The guy's taken <clears throat> the bulk of the questions. Uh he's been the face of this uh through these uh turbulent times of of a competitor in the world or in in, in the world of golf. So yeah, I don't think I'll bet Rory at seven, but as we get into the board, Cantley at uh, currently now at twelve. Uh, there's Shoffley at fourteen, Finau at fourteen. I'll stop there. Yesterday, I, it was all things Tony Finau on the podcast, and look, I, I think Tony Finau. We've seen incremental gains over the years, and particularly 
uh, with the putter, steady gains. Um, he's always been, in my eyes, at least in the last three years, over a course of a year, in the top third on the PGA Tour of putting. It's never been a case, can Tony Finau putt? Sure, he has his off weeks like everybody, but he's now strokes and approach. He's number one. I think the biggest difference that I see with Tony Finau is all situational golf. He looks more comfortable late on a Sunday and holding off John Rahm by four shots and those, some of those key up and downs late on a Sunday, the acceleration, the conviction in which he hit some of these short game shots and putts, I think was a huge step. Now he comes into a place where, look, you know, Finau hasn't played great here. T41 uh, last year, missed the cut in 2021, T60, T21. But the confidence has to be at an all-time high. We saw him last year go back-to-back. What kind of chance do you give him this year to go back-to-back? I'm so happy that you grabbed me this week while I'm on the road (laughs) because this morning it was a tale of two cities, and you mentioned a couple names there. So first thing, we had Xander. And Xander came across very, very like this is business today or this week. This is – I'm, I'm pushing towards something. He has not been at a point this year where he's comfortable with. He said, I have to earn my days off. You can go look at the transcript. He goes, I have to earn my days off. I have, I'm not going to skip a designated event until I feel like I've earned the right to do that. I'm not high enough on the FedEx Cup points. I'm not high enough on the Ryder Cup list. Like He kept mentioning all these things like, I have these goals and I'm not checking boxes. Now, fast forward a couple hours later and we get Fina out. Tony's always wall-to-wall teeth. I mean, he's always smiling, right? But Mm -hmm. the difference in what he kind of presented to the room and the way that he kind of expressed himself was so different because he's checked a couple of those boxes off. Yeah. So will will Tony finally take the next step and win a designated event and or win a major? Well, geez, I mean, he can't hit it any better to do it. But part of the game is mental. And the way those two guys came in the room, I I definitely feel like if I was going to – if I was going to fade somebody, it wouldn't be feed out because, mm-hmm. you know, obviously the numbers are there and his attitude was one of which it's total acceptance. And, you know, as well as anybody, when you're playing golf at the highest level, you, you got to kind of do the things that you do. And, yeah, you can work in the off time, but it really seemed like Xander was pressing. And it also seemed like Finau was just super, super comfortable. We can't win mm-hmm. every week, but it seems like Finau is able to play play good in bunches yeah I I look at Xander gosh you know I mean statistically he's always he you know he always checks so many boxes I I do like that mid-iron game for Xander um the three-putt avoidance probably concerns me a little bit with Xander um you look at him strokes gain approach in this field last hundred rounds he's number one um obviously Finau's right there over the the course huh yeah, yeah, and then the you get to the dri- yeah, and the driver's been a little bit of the of the bugaboo. I I just I, I feel like Xander looks at okay, no Scheffler, no Rom. Um, you know where's Rory's head at? All right, Cantley, I always got to I always got to deal with. You know, home is probably going to put some things together here at this event. I don't know. It just feels like it could be a Xander potential week. You know, a little, little better with the driver. Let's have a week with the putter. He, he's been here in the past. T fourteen. T what T12 T24 somewhere in there so he's had some top 25s Gosh, I, I want to bet Xander but I just can't pull the trigger like that's the that's where I'm at I think you make a valid point how do you fade Fina right now coming in at an all-time high he knows the next step is to is to win one of these elevated events because look five of his six wins have been in lesser fields albeit so he'd like to check one of these off well, you know what? I'm going to push you off the Xander fence okay. right now. I'm, okay? I'm on fee now. I'm on fee now again. All right, but I'm going, to, I'm going to push you. I'm going to push you off the Xander fence. If you if you don't know what to do with Xander, all right. So he admitted it this morning. He goes, "I've drove the ball terribly this year. I'm terrible." That's yeah. what he said. He goes, "But don't pay attention to the stats just quite yet because it's going to show a lot of what I was doing earlier in the year." He goes, "You're not going to see the numbers from the match play." He goes, "I drove the ball good there." He goes, you're not going to see the numbers from the team at Zurich, you know, classic. He goes, I drove the ball well there. He goes, those aren't going to fall in there. He goes, you're not going to see the numbers at RBC because it's not a driver golf course. It's a second shot golf course. So at the end of the day, if he's trending and there's truth in what he's saying, he feels much better about the driver. And 
maybe this isn't Xander yet, but in two weeks, he's a perfect fit for Oak Hill mm. with his well with his well-rounded game and yep. and that that mid-iron approach game that he has and his ability to scramble and make putts under ten feet. So um, as much as I, I would be, I'd be more happy with Finau this week and then Xander in two weeks because. He looks like he's fighting and building towards something, whereas Tony is just like in the zone right now. All right, let me give you some other names here as we work down the board. Spieth, you know, we five and zero here is, is awful impressive. I mean, no one's the guy that's coming in right behind Finau playing the best golf's got to be Jordan Spieth. I mean, the guy's playing terrific golf. But let me let me give you a couple options here. Who finds the putter this week? Is it Cameron Young? Finally, does he get off the Schneid and get a W? Um, does JT find the putter? The putter's been holding him back. He's got to be extremely frustrated with what's been happening um, with his putter. Or is it Victor Hovland? There's three names that we know have all the upside. Victor, he's going to wear you out with the driver and the irons. But that putter's been a little, little weird. We know the short game, although it looks better to me. It looks better to me. Statistically, he's still losing strokes. But then Cameron Young, my God, if that putter wakes up, look out. Uh, you know what? This would be a perfect golf course for Cameron Young to win his first event. Okay. But then again, on a Tuesday, I bet you you've said that a lot. <laughs> so, you know, my, my, my caveat there is that, you know, last year I loved him at TPC Avenel. And you know what? He came in, what, second runner-up, and he putted horribly. And mm – -hmm. You know what? He's going to need to putt better here to do it. Is this the breakthrough place? I don't know. I don't know. I have to lean of those three that you just gave me. I got to lead towards Victor because overall he's proven over a larger sample size that he can putt well, but also that he can, he can ball strike the hell out of it. You know, driving and irons. Is there anyone better in the game with just those two things? You know, yes. Speed's hot right now. Finau's been hot for about 10 months. John Rahm is probably better, but Victor is right up there. And the putter is not his biggest weakness. And if we've already established that around the green isn't necessarily, you know, this isn't the week to be Seve, then, boy, of those three, I'm more apt to go after Victor because as far as JT goes, I, there's, there's a type A guy. Mm -hmm. And, yes, is he coming back to a comfortable place? Maybe. What, four and one at the President's Cup, won a PGA here. He's contended here before, plays well here. But man, if, if I'm giving you the impression that Xander seemed like he was grinding this morning, then like, you know, JT's a one arm paper hanger. I mean, yeah. he is like, every time I see him and he's working with John Graham on the putting green, it's like, you know, I, I'm not sure which of the two of them is going to have a heart attack first. So, like, who's going to pop with the putter first? I, 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 at a place where you have to putt. I mean, those guys think about that stuff. You know that, Travis. You've been nope. in, the, in the mind of a player before. They know coming in because they're told by their coaches what they need to work on. Just like you and I approach each week handicapping as a coach rather than as, you know, than as a, an algo head. You know, like it's not all just data. It swings in science, too. And those guys, mm -hmm. it, it all plays a part. And I, I just, of those three, I got to go Hovland. I mean, Hovland to me is somebody that if the putter even breaks even, that he's top five this week. Yeah, yeah, and he and he's been he's been there. You know, I've been I've had a little concern with Hovland, the, the swing coach, all of a sudden change um, to Pat from uh, Jeff Smith to to Joe Mayo, who looked I mean a brilliant mind, and I thought Jeff Smith did a really good job with him. Um, but look, you know, I mean Hovland. Sometimes I feel like he's searching, you know, a little too much. Um, sometimes. Perhaps I think there might be a little too much hand holding with him at times, but um, you know, look, he he he's played very well. He's looked good, looked real clean with the driver and the irons. I do think the short game does look better to me. Like it, the shots he's hitting, it looks better. Although he's still losing strokes, um, that that putter feels it it can be hot and cold. Uh, but I, I tend to agree of that group. I'm probably going to bet Hovland, although Cam Young, I, I think. Of all the stories here, Cam Young getting his first win here would be pretty cool. I mean, I, I'd like to see him uh, get on the board uh, and get a win. I, I agree on JT. I, I think, you know, look, uh, John Graham's a great putting coach. Um, I think they had some early traction there when he when he started with them and winning the players. And but right now, it's just kind of 
what's going on? You know, he just he, he's fighting it. He looks rigid. Um, it looks technical and uh, and it's not improving. And it's got to be very frustrating for JT right now to be putting the time in and, and all these things. And he's just not getting the traction with the flat stick. Here's my case on JT versus some of the others, right? When you look at Hovland or you look at Morikawa, it's always like the short game and the putter, right? When you look at JT, the guy is one of the top three guys on the tour right now around the green, but he can't mm-hmm. putt. So that's putting even more pressure on it. Usually guys that are good chippers and pitchers are good putters as well. They have great touch. They have great feel. They have great distance control. They have great delivery speed control with the club head, you know, arm speed, all of those things. The fact that, you know, you take a great ball striker like Morikawa and he can't chip and he can't putt. Well, like, okay, I kind of get that, right? Like, those seem to go together. The fact that JT can't putt but he can chip tells me it's all mental. And what's going to be the breakthrough there? Is it going to come here where, you know, it looks like there's a bunch of elephants buried under the greens? I mean, it's <laughs> not going to – I just don't see that. And yep. he knows going He's he knows going in that that's all he needs, so there's even more pressure on it. So, I, for me – um, just move on down the board. JT, fifteenth yeah. in the world. It's it's a you know it's a precipitous fall, unfortunately. Yeah, and it, it is. It leads to the flat stick. Morikawa's first time here. Um, you know that, you know the mid range, the mid iron game's not going to scare him. Um, you know the driver, he'll probably he'll keep it in play. I, I do like the changes he's made um, around the green. The putter looks good to me. First time though uh, on these greens, he's going to come out and win. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, it's not his first time because he played the President's yeah, first Cup. Time. Yeah, he played the President's so, Cup, yeah. But he was 2-1 and one there, and he wasn't in the greatest of form last year, and I felt like they kind of mm-hmm. hit him. So as I really looked kind of deep at the President's Cup, who played well, who stood out, right? It's the obvious names. It's Max. It was Siwoo. It was Tom Kim. It was JT. And Morikawa wasn't one of those names. Cam Young wasn't one of those names. Mm. And at the end of the day – you know, we're playing the same golf course. Um, granted, stroke is much different than match play, but we're playing the same golf course. And if, if we're just trying to pick winners, I mean, the funnel gets pretty narrow at the bottom, and you got to start yeah. throwing people out for some reason. So I'm with you. No, ex- Very little experience, only match play experience. And, you know, these guys that have struggled with the putter, maybe they're not going to get there right now in this golf course. I got you. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's where I'm at as well. Um, I'm probably going to pass on M. You know, can he put four rounds together? I was on him a couple weeks ago. Three really good rounds. Um, struggled one of the rounds. Is M ready to win in a, an elite field? Um, probably going to pass on that. Jason Day, former champ. Look, been playing great golf. He knows his way around this golf course. He's getting some odds there. I, I'll tell you the name that really... I'll tell you the name that really is interesting to me. Got a guy blowing some leaves in the backdrop. We'll let him go. Yeah, fine. He's good now. All right. The guy that the guy that's interesting to me, uh, Keith, is is yeah. Matthew Fitzpatrick. Um, you know, had the win there a couple weeks ago. The number that sticks out is positive six point two approach. I've always said Fitzpatrick. Look, he's going to keep it in front of you with the driver. He's going to do enough with the short game and the putter. Is Matthew Fitzpatrick an elite iron player? That is the question. And if he is, Matthew Fitzpatrick's going to win a lot. A lot. Because he can do the rest of the game. And he got that win, positive 6.2 at RBC Heritage. This is a different golf course now. He's probably going to have a little, some longer shots into these greens. But I'm really curious. He was T-second here last year. I'm just I'm curious on the trajectory of Fitzpatrick in his iron game. Well, I'll tell you what, looking at this field ahead of time and where are you going to put Matt Fitzpatrick in the spectrum of can he win here? He's got the putter. He's got the driver. So that's two big boxes that are checked off. He misses a lot of greens in regulation because everyone always goes, oh, Matt Fitzpatrick is great at bogey avoidance. Well, you know as well as I do, that means you're missing greens. That means that you're a good short game player and that, you know, chances are you need to hit more greens in regulation. So you hit the nail on the head there. It seems like the injury question is gone with him. You mentioned another name, Jason Day. Mm-hmm. You know, what happened at the Masters there? And we haven't seen him. So what's Jay Day up to? I don't know. There's a lot of questions circling there. And then you mentioned Sung Jay and winning in a big field here at Wells Fargo. Well, you know, Wells Fargo's had a legitimate field for a long time. It's been 
you know, people love to come and play Quail Hollow. This is an event here. You know, they know how to take care of people. Media center. I mean, the donuts they had this morning were fantastic. You know, and when you when you step it up in the media center for the food, then you know you're at a real event. And you know, I think Sung Jay. I mean, have you really? Sung Jay kind of always falls under the radar. Maybe it's the language barrier. I don't know. But if you look at his recent numbers, the guy is really hitting the ball good. Yeah. You know, seventh at RBC, sixteenth at the Masters, sixth at the Players. Um, you know, it, it's. The approach play was a little off around March, but it's back in play. It's the putter for him usually, but he's had some good putting sessions and he's gaining in his last five starts, like six and a half strokes against the field uh, of that group. Until Fitzpatrick proves to me week in, week out. I mean, you know, it's it's a lot of nine irons at RBC Heritage. Yeah. Greens right here. Yep. It's going to be a lot of long irons. So and that's why I'm going to I'm going to lean towards Sung Jay here and. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe definitely not day because the whatever the concerns are there, whether it was fatigue yeah. at the Masters, I don't know, but I just don't know. And again, we're trying to pick winners. And Fitz, yeah, Fitz does fit a lot of places, but you got to prove to me, like, if he goes top 10 this week and his long iron play is right where it needs to be, then by all means, rolling into Oak Hill, he's one of those guys you really got to look at strongly because it's an yeah. old Donald Ross golf course, you know, tree line and everything and it's it's going to suit him in a lot of ways like the country club did yeah i think those are all valid points you know i just every time i get you know sung jay it's just always like a little something right that just doesn't quite allow him to propel and get that win because we know he has a skill set to do all that i was on him i was all over him at rbc um you know he finished seventh and you know he opens up at 66 gets the better end of the draw goes out there perfect conditions in round two and shoots one over i mean just like what like, you know, one over, and then he comes back on the weekend and goes 66-67, and he can't make up that ground um, to get that win. So it's it's uh, it's coming, right? Like, I just, you know, Sungjae has the skill set. I think this is a place for him. You know, I think he's in the upper third when it comes to that mid-iron game. Um, you know, strokes gained par four in this range is good. Gets a lot of looks and opportunities. His putter been pretty good as of late he'll get it up and down if needed man i just you know am i gonna am i gonna just beat my head against the wall on sung jay again um for another day i haven't bet it but you make some really good valid points i think burns is interesting bermuda burns my boy i've been all over him every win he's had uh has been money in my pocket including the match play which was a nice 50 to 1 hit yeah. um you know he withdrew back in 19 2018 T55 playing pretty well feels feels like I'm going to have to pass though this week on Burns, Hatton, Fowler, Thagalic, Kim. I think Kim is the most interesting as we kind of work down the board. I think Kim to me is the most interesting uh in this group as we start getting into now the 40, 45, 50 55 to one. Who do, who do you like in that group? Even down to Fleetwood. Oh boy. All right. Um, you touched on something there that's, that I think is important for your listeners to know okay. on a Tuesday. And that is, is that going back to John Graham, um, good friend of mine, Rochester guy. So uh, a, a great guest for your show when you're going into Oak Hill, because he knows it bet like the back of his hand. But mm -hmm. I talked to Live TV, live social, hit the wrong button. Continue, sir, on your on your on your uh, so, incredible thoughts. There is on 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 John Graham. So uh, JG says that this poet trivialis overseed that we see all the time does not putt like Bermuda. It almost punts mm. like like bent. It is they have mm. it down so good that it's so pure that it removes a lot of the grain that you see with Bermuda. So when you see that week in and week out on the superintendent's report, I, I would start in the model, either not favoring Bermuda at all and just keeping it blank or even going to the bent guys. Because at the end of the day, even though Burns is one of the top 10 putters in the field, 
it can't be Bermuda grass putting that that's the reason that you want to take him this week. If you told me he's a great driver of the golf ball and we know he's a good putter and, you know, he's, he's in great yep. form, then by, by all means, I, I could get there on Sam Burns. But one of the guys you skipped over quite quickly that I'm really high on this week is a guy that's won here before, and that's Ricky Fowler. Now, okay. a lot of people, we've been waiting on Ricky for a long time. But much like we talk about Rory being in a comfortable place, this has got to be a place that's comfortable for Ricky. He's played here. He played here well even during the times that he wasn't playing well. So he likes this golf course. His eye fits this golf course. And if you look at the ball striking, it, it's been really good. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, he, he's one of those guys. He's He's got four top tens and only one missed cut here in 10, 10 tries. Got the win. Right? He's made all eight cuts this year. He's got five top 15 finishes. Everything mm. that we've brought him up for a couple different reasons works. And if we're just going to say that Tony Finau can now start winning a bunch of tournaments because he's hitting the heck out of the ball, then you got to pay attention to the fact that Ricky's won tournaments before and maybe he's back. I mean, what was, what was it about Jordan that set him apart when he came back and he had that win at Valero after the big drought? He was just hitting the heck out of the ball, right? Yep. And it was he was trending. He was consistently doing it and doing it and doing it. You know, Ricky could be back in that place. And then, you know, he, he should totally be. And the reason I bring him up now, but he's at a much lower number, is that he should be in that 50 range. Hmm. And maybe that's not the reason to bet him, but why does every book have him down around 40? Yeah. Because he's a liability at this place. And you got to think about him as a possible winner, at least in my mind. I see him at 35 right now in a couple. Yeah. yeah. And I think, mean, of, come on, Travis, if you were writing the, writing the, the book on Monday, you would put him in the in the 50s. Right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I think I, I would put him in the 50s. You know, right there I mentioned Fleetwood and 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 Tom Kim, Sahith Thagala, Shane Lowry. Now, you know, you get up to the 60s, you got Connors and Clark and Bradley. Um, boy, I, I'm having a hard time through this stretch. I'll be honest. I think Mitchell, uh, it has cooled off. You know, we saw a little, uh, some good play there with Keith. Um, you know, his driver will be a weapon here. You would think on this golf course, I do like some of the short game work that he's done, uh, with Parker McLaughlin. I think there was a nice little push there with that. Thagala, I don't know if this is the best venue for him. Um, I think there's probably other places that I think, you know, he kind of sprays it off the tee a little bit. I know a short game's magic, but I think he's going to have to do a little bit more um, when it comes to Thigala. I Talk me off of, you know, I, I'm trying to find an angle here of just perhaps, right? You're always, you're always this angle of you start getting into these 60s and 70s and 80s, right? Especially in an elevated event, which feels far-fetched in the way things are going, right? Because we see these best players bubbling up and winning these things. Um, I got a guy like, for you, but... Okay, all right. I'll save mine. Go ahead. Um, think about this, too. I tried to establish this earlier. Wells Fargo here at Quail Hollow has always had a better-than-average field. One would argue it's been a strong field. Probably the only years that it wasn't was when... The players was in May and they kind of competed with one another, but that's, it's been a long time since then. And all the guys that are playing well now that we're looking at tend to come here. So I find it odd that six times in the last 10 editions here, we've had a winner of plus 5,000 or higher. I mean, everyone's like Max Homa, Max Homa, Max Homa. Max Homa was a field bet when he won here. So he was 500 to one. Yeah. James Hahn. I mean, we, we could go down the list of guys and, you know, it's not a who's who. So, I mean, when you're looking at the fact that, you know, we can't get someone from this stretch, you know, one of the guys that really piques my interest right now and everybody was all over him last week. And I, I can't remember if you were or not, but did you like Wyndham Clark last week? As a I big, did. Okay. Yeah, I did. I was on him and then, you know, he got off to a slow start and then he almost backboard, he almost backdoored him top 20. So I have this theory when you take a guy like Wyndham Clark um, and you push him and make him a top five favorite at an event like that, he knows that. And next mm -hmm. thing you know, there's all this pressure. He's in the media center. He's doing press yep. conferences. He's like, oh, geez, Rom just did a press conference. Now I need to do it. Holy cow. What am I doing here? Right. He, now, all mm -hmm. of a sudden, he's having an outer body experience. Right. 
what's changed about Wyndham Clark from last week to this week? Just his odds. Right? We're talking about a guy who has nine straight top 40 finishes on tour in 2023. The ball mm-hmm. striking numbers are incredible. And if you told me he was a good pick for last week, he's certainly another good pick this week. So Wyndham at Wells just seems like the type of guy in that longer odds range. I mean, I really can't get to a guy over 100, like I, like I alluded to Max being you know a field bet or whatever. But like I still think there's a guy like him – like a Will Gordon that hits it like that, or yeah. even a great ball striker like Keegan that are worth a sprinkle for sure. But but for me, of the of that group, um, I'm in on Clark again because if you love them, okay. like we we do this in betting all the time, there's a recency bias for who we're talking about, and then we just like toss them away like college girlfriends or something. It's like, come on, like what are we doing? You know, like I mean, at the end of the day, like Wyndham Clark, he's hitting the ball like Speeds hitting it, like Feedow's hitting it, and um, I don't know. He just seems like the type of guy that is like he fits a quail hollow winner, like a Webb yeah. Simpson. You know what I mean? He's just got like yeah. that kind of presence, like and like a max, you know, and uh, and he hits the ball good enough. So there you go. Yeah, you start you start building these models out last hundred rounds and you weigh out the approach and you weigh out off the tee and you um, you weigh out some of these distances of 175 to 200 and how many opportunities do you look three putt avoidance you know, some of these key statistics that we're talking about, and he's ranked seventh, you know? I mean, that's that's where he's at. He's ranked seventh. Hey, look, I've been pounding Wyndham Clark's uh, drum. I mean, I have, and I, and, and, and I have him circled, and I'm not saying I'm, uh, I'm jumping back off of him, uh, but he did get off to that slow start Thursday, and I did think, you know, all right, he's in the limelight here. He, people are betting him. This is his chance to get a win, da-da-da. I know he's not working with Boyd Summerhays anymore either. I don't know if he's with someone else or if he's on his own. Um, so I think I'll ask Boyd tomorrow. He's actually going to be on the podcast. Uh, so, uh, you know, where where's you know, maybe Wyndham's kind of taking it on his own right now and taking a little more ownership. Um, but he's been there. He's been playing some really good golf. I'm with you. Let me let me give you a couple names. We'll play this. Whose putter's going to pop again? Right, that's kind of what we do. (laughs) All right, yeah. I mean, well, it's basically every week is a putting contest, right? I know, right? Like you, you know, you know how it is. You convince yourself, oh man, he can hit it. Driver, irons, can he just have that putting week, right? And if he can, he's gonna. All right, here's two names. Oh, here we go. I I, I think you know who they are. I think I I think you know who they are. I mean, who's who? Absolutely, Gary Woodland is is crushing the the golf ball, right? And then Corey Connors, my boy, Corey Connors, right? Like we know, there's two great ball strikers. And, oh, dare I say, Corey Connors, for the last five weeks, in the positive in putting, and he was positive 2.2 here last year, and he didn't even hit it that good. So if Corey Connors hits it like he usually does, and he's positive 2.2 in putting, by God, he's got a chance to win this thing. I'm not sure he's hitting it better than Gary Woodland, though. Oh, you know, I had Woodland. I was all over Woodland last week. Any category you could put him in, one and done, outright, everything. You know, I was just all over Woodland and you, you watch him and you just you almost feel bad for the guy. I mean, how could someone hit it that good and not be able to putt even reasonably, like break even with the putter? I mean, you know, the only guy that's jealous of Gary Woodland is Luke List at the end of the day. But, yeah. you know, when you talk about Corey Connors, right, again, I was here at the President's Cup. Corey Connors, you know, here's a plug for you. Stripe show the whole every match. Right. Guy just Unbelievable. And he couldn't putt it off the tip of a canoe into a lake. It was on. It was. It was. It's really tough to watch because someone who's a premier coach like yourself, and you understand the skill set it takes to be able to have a proximity to the hole from 200 yards plus and lead like and lead the tour like a Corey Connors could, right? And then not be able to do something like make a bunch of putts from the PGA Tour average of 50, percent which is eight feet, like even come close to that. It's 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 almost mind numbing, and we've we you know we've established, and the horse is it's it's dead to rights. You know, take him out the pasture. Um, <laughs> it, this is not the place where the putter's going to pop. It it no. was proven. Yeah, I mean, well, Pendus, last year now, Connors. positive two point three last year, but that was it. That was in Maryland. That wasn't God, here. Right. God, never mind. Never mind. What am I thinking? Is right? Maryland? I mean, never mind. It, it, the biggest key to research yeah, it, this week, everybody, is where yeah. was the event played, right? And and Connors right. was I, awesome. What am I thinking? He was awesome. Yeah, he was awesome. And that was a hard golf course, and and he like Max, 
on approach play. So that place really favored approach play. And yep. then it got cold and then it got wet and it really favored approach play. Right. And you look at the top of that list. You had Keegan, can't putt, was great. Connors, can't putt, was great. Cam Young, can't putt, was great. Max, it, you know, was great and putted. So he won. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's so this is a different ball game. And, and popping with the putter, hey, things can happen. All right. But yeah. all right. All right. Connors is scratched. I can't bet Woodland either. I mean, and my guy, that my, that guy, I mean, he's, he's, God, he's hitting it good though. My goodness is he, he oh. he's just, he's on an all timer right now. I'll tell you, I'll tell you the guy that's improved over the last year is Taylor Moore. I mean, th- this guy is getting better. You talk about athletes on the PGA tour. I don't think he gets in that conversation enough. Um, we saw him win at the Valspar. He was 39th at the masters. He was 11th at heritage. You look at him statistically. I, I, I like, this young man now is he going to come here and win this i don't know but he's going to make the cut i could you could convince me of a top 20 of taylor moore as we work down into the odds here of 80 to 1 i certainly i certainly like him over uh chris kirk i'll take him over brian Harmon, who i know is one here uh taylor moore's taylor moore's going to be around a while isn't he he is uh he really imp- i watched him for a couple holes uh he was in one of the featured groups down at rbc and he really impressed me especially um in the scoring yardage areas. So pitching, chipping, putting, uh, anything from, let's say, 150 and in, really, really solid player. Did the win push him over the edge for confidence? It probably doesn't hurt, but he plays difficult golf courses as well. I mean, it's funny. I'm not a big model guy, but I run one because it always kind of gives me a good laugh of who, you know, maybe further down the board like these guys, like jump up as far as skill set goes. And, and on the one I ran, Taylor Moore, he comes after Sung JM and he's followed by Justin Thomas and Gary Woodland. So I wow. mean, he's an he's an elite company for what he's been doing and I keep my models very tight when I do do it. So at the most I ever use is about 36 rounds. So I like the guys that are playing well at the time with which I'm looking at them, right? There's a statistic on tour, it's like every guy makes 80% of his money over like a 6-week span except Tiger. You know, so when they're hot, that's when you want to go get them. And you know Taylor Moore, he's been in a good mode right now, and um, that, I mean that's why he's coming up in, on everybody's research. And then you look at the number and you say, "Geez, this guy, eighty-five yeah. to one, or whatever you're going to get him at seventy-five to one." Well, you know him or Keegan Bradley or Wendell uh, Wyndham Clark. I mean, those are the guys we're comparing there, and yeah. he's proven it recently. Yeah, he has. He has. He, he, he's yeah. impressive. I, I I like him, and and his his game. You know, look, he he's been out there now a little bit. He, he looks like he's kind of take he's taken his licks. He's learned some of the courses. He's, you know, he he just looks more confident in what he's doing, and you can see it. And obviously, getting the win has to be huge. Uh, meant to, I, you talked about models. Well, I'll go back to um, a little model that I ran here, and, and the guy that pops up, you know, on these uh, in this long course, and you know, off the tee, and some approach, and this mid long iron game, and let's get some good opportunities, and then. You know, here's that bugaboo again, that putter. What are we going to get? You know, as we look down the board and those 100, 110, that's Cam Davis. Cameron Davis. Well, I mean, there's a guy that, that look, I think T to green, I, I think he likes it here. This is a good spot for him. Can he make enough putts? I sprinkled a little on him. Six at the players. That's good enough for me. Seventh at RBC. He's doing some good things. Um and we've seen him pop and win. Wouldn't be surprised to see him there late on a Sunday. I would be surprised. Um, you would? Okay. Yeah, you're bringing up some highlights, but there have been a lot of lowlights this year. Everybody was hot on Cam Davis. I remember doing a season-long Well, he was hurt. He, didn't, he wasn't feeling good early in the season. Wasn't feeling good. True, true. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, so is he back, right? We know we're thinking Matt Fitzpatrick is back from when he was hurt earlier in the year. I need a little more from Cam Davis to win right now. His performance here, being a rookie at the President's Cup, he was awesome. Every part was firing. So if you want to tell me he's a good guy for a placement this week or a head-to-head, I'm all over with you, Travis. But to win and get a sprinkle, I'm not quite there yet. But it's getting back to close to be Cam Davis time where he's one of those guys in that range that you just you kind of have to flirt with all the time. I'm taking I'm taking the seed here. Like you're okay. You mentioned Homa. Okay, he had big odds. You mentioned uh, a couple other guys, uh, James Hahn. That so I'm I'm like all right. I'm gonna okay Cam. Okay, I'll, I'll throw a little sprinkle on Cam Davis in the uh, in the hundreds. 
Um, all right, Kitayama, he he won a, a nice field. He's at 125. That was a difficult golf course uh, at Bay Hill. Do we do we sprinkle a little on him? Davis Riley has seemed to be kind of worked his way out of the coach change that he made from uh, Jeff Smith to Mark Blackburn. His his iron game starting to show life. Do we do we sprinkle him? I mean, and there's Akshay. 150. Oh. I talked about him. I talked about him in great length last week. I said, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised if if Akshay was was uh, was in there. And and he was. He handled himself well. And, he, and by God, he looked like he belonged. So if you loved Akshay last week to go down the Wyndham route, okay? Most people don't realize that they, oh, you know, they do the backstory on Akshay. He was born in L.A., all this stuff, right? He, he spent most of his formative years in North Carolina, living in near Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. So if this is North Carolina golf at its finest, at its most elite here, with all due respect to Pinehurst and everywhere else, Quail Hollow is is Augusta National of the state of North Carolina. I mean, this place is phenomenal. It is a shrine to golf. So if somebody can handle North Carolina golf, he was ob- it was obvious to me that he could handle the big stage, and he definitely learned some things on that back nine come Sunday. I, I, I'm definitely going to give Akshay a sprinkle for sure. Yep. I, I've loved this kid since I saw him at Plainfield in the – Yep. 2017 Junior President's Cup. He's got some swagger, and um, you need a little of that to win on the PGA Tour, for sure. I put a little sprinkle on Stevens, too. I, I like Samuel Stevens, oh. 26, Oklahoma State, um, rookie, playing very well. I, I, I like this kid. Akshay and Stevens have been two guys you know, down the board here uh, into the hundreds that, that, that I'll put a little on in addition to Davis. Love the Stevens call. I do. Um, he's just one of those guys that he's doing all the right things, 1% better every day, and he just – I mean, the, the the numbers don't lie. You know, at the end of the day, you can say what you want about no cut, cut, whatever. This is a meritocracy, meritocracy, right? And we know about Taylor Moore and Wyndham Clark and Will Gordon and Akshay because they are playing better than their peers. Mm-hmm. And – Flat out, you got to be impressed with what Sam Stevens has done since he's been up on the big stage. It's it's really cool. I think as we look down the board, I think the rookie that's probably been a little disappointment to me has been Davis Thompson. I know he was second at the American Express. Um, I, I thought he would do a little bit more. I was um, kind of big on him coming out of Georgia. I thought his driver, you know, he'd be one of the best drivers on tour. Um, I thought his iron game would be a little more polished. And, um, you know, he, you know, he, look, he, he, he's making cuts for the most part. Um, but he's, but he's not flashing, uh, maybe like I, I thought he would, you know, I'll probably stay away from him on, on this venue, the Georgia Bulldog, but, uh, um, you know, a guy that uh, has probably been a little disappointing in my eyes. Um, and then you've got to who I miss. I'm drawing a blank on the, on the, on the rookie big kid out of UNLV with the putter. Um, oh, Taylor Montgomery. Taylor no, Montgomery. Not yeah, thank you. Not, not, not good lately. No. Yeah, not it's good not, lately. Not good. Yeah, it's yeah. as bad as Alex Noren is. It's it's yeah. not. For some reason, he started out hot. He got two million dollars in the bank yeah. and had all those top tens in the fall, and then the real guy showed up, and then I don't know what happened. Um, and that kid's yeah. got a ton of talent. Um, I don't want to speak poorly of him, but it's if you're just looking at the numbers, you know, you go further down the board and you start talking about does a guy have a good, you know presence around the green complexes and is he a good driver well hey ben on there's another guy right there i bet him last week he's you know he's he's got a great short game maybe that's not as important as it needs to be but he's a good putter and man he can bomb it so you know and he puts the ball in play with the driver so you know he's up in that 200 250 range so if you if you want to go deep at least there's a guy that has shown the form and he's got more than one skill set that you can depend upon versus like if you went after Hayden Buckley, who's just a great driver of the golf ball and has played great as of late, but we know we want the putter to, to kind of roll here too. Yeah. You got to have the putter rolling here. Like an Eric Cole, we know he got, he has a short game in putting. He's been impressive. I mean, gives up some distance, oh, yeah. but Eric Cole has, has had a nice run. Um, I'm not sure I'll bet him here, but you know, I bet Ben on last week, he made me some money and some head to heads with the buddy, uh, so that was yeah. a lot of fun. And um, and I also was on EVR last week who had a nice showing. Made a little money on him. I thought it was a, a good spot. Not sure I'll get back on him. Um, Lanto made the cut last week. I thought it was good to see him back out healthy and playing well. I gave him a little look as well. Yeah, gosh, is there is there, as I look down, is, is there that 300 
400. Austin Smotherman, talented young player who has yeah. has Pearson Cootie is in um, the field this week. Uh, Hubbard always seems to pop on some boards when you start looking at some ball striking. Um, gosh, into the 500s. Molinex has distance. Oh man, you're getting you're going, Travis. You're going deep. You're I'm taking. Going I'm I'm taking us down to that. Yeah, I can't. I'm I'm not going to do any of that. You're going um, deep. But just uh, you know, Will Gordon. There, you know, he's at 200. I was on him last. Week. I liked him to make the cut, and he was he he made a he made a you know he was there. Um, so he's he's treading water. Yeah, I don't think I'll go any. You know, Akshay's probably as low as I'm going to go. Um, yeah. down in the 150. I'll probably, I might sprinkle Ben on again at 125, and I'm certainly going to sprinkle Davis in the 100 range. So that, that's probably as low as I'll go. The, um, yeah, I'm not going to get much further than Akshay. And, I'm going to text uh, you when Davis is, is T2 going into Sunday. And I'm going to text you back <laughs> when, he misses, when he misses your top 20 placement because he goes into the green mile and he goes, I yeah. can finish top 10 at Quail Hollow. Um, you know, I, you know, it, a couple things about that green mile. Everyone's always talking about the final three holes here. Something I want mm -hmm. your listeners and your viewers to pay attention to. Okay. Is this golf course, when you walk the golf course and you're here on the property, you really start to see that it kind of, it's almost three different golf courses. So you, if you break them up in six hole stretches, and if you're looking at first round leaders or any of that type of stuff, if you're starting on hole one, you get the six toughest holes back to back. Right. Mm -hmm. Everyone makes a big deal again about those last three, but the first six are really hard. They play almost three quarters of a shot over par. You got a really tough par three in there. You've got like four brutal par fours. I mean, so you got to get going early if you first tee. The next six holes are your scoring holes. You got two par fives in there and a reachable par four. Right. So you get it going between six and or between seven and twelve. And then the closing part is exactly what they probably wanted, what you know, what Cobb wanted from the beginning in the 60s when he designed this place. But it's super volatile because you've got the drivable par four, you've got the reachable par five, and then you've got those three finishing holes, which are brutal. So mm -hmm. just the ebbs and flows of how this place kind of happens, right? If you get if you want to get excited about a guy and you're looking on Thursday morning, make sure he's playing the front nine when he starts out two under for three. Then you go, man, I got somebody I could actually think about versus if he starts two under on the back nine and you're like, well, we haven't really played one hard hole yet, you know? So yep. just something to keep in mind for, you know, for your audience, because I know that they're, they're a highly intelligent crew. You know, you, you keep them very thoughtful and uh, <laughs> I want to, uh, I want to, I want to, I want to try to enhance the stripe show in some way. Yeah. Well, the 18th holes, number, number one handicap. 17th holes number two and 16th holes number four. So there you have it, right? That's the that's what the way I'm looking at it, the way it rolls out. All right, good stuff. Keith Stewart, go check it out at read the line live from Quail Hollow. Great stuff. I, I I can't thank you enough. Travis, it's you know, I mean, as a PGA pro, I said it on Twitter. There's nothing better than being on a stripe show. All right, I appreciate it. Have a great week. You too.